Turn in your Bible with me to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. I, along with many others, have been thinking about the end times as, as war has become prevalent in our news cycle and it has become in our face because of a superpower involved in war. Um, there are right now 42 different skirmishes or give or take around the, the nations. There are uh, over 20 different wars that are being fought in the nations right now. Since World War II, I think that there have been like 14 days of time where there has not been a war in the earth. Somewhere. So when Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars, friends, we are in that time right now. It is increasing. It is increasing. And I'm thinking more and more and more about the return of Jesus Christ. I'm thinking more and more and more about his coming. And so I'm, I'm thinking more and more and more about the book of Revelation. And so I'm, I, I've turned, I, I turned this morning to chapter 5, and, uh, and I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us out of it, and this whole morning has been so prophetic in the midst of... Uh, of uh, of uh, what I'm going to share today. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we just thank you for this moment where we approach your word. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he tries to steal. As soon as we walk out these doors, he's trying to steal what we gained. He's trying to distract us and keep us from really diving into what your word has to say. But you have come, the living word, hallelujah. You have come that we might have life and life more abundantly. We receive from you the living word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Hallelujah. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. 
Thank you, Lord. We're going to stop right there this morning. And so John is in the midst of this experience on the island of Patmos. It is a revelation that he's receiving unlike any other that has ever been. And he's there by himself. He'd been sentenced there. For those of you that don't know the background of of John, John uh, had taken Mary. John was entrusted Mary at the cross, and he had taken Mary to live in Ephesus. And in Ephesus, they, after many years, John was arrested for his faith. John was the only one of the, of, of the 12 that lived out his full days and died a natural death. The other 11 were martyred in their, in, in their assignments along, along the way. But John, living in Ephesus, was, was a radical for Jesus. And because of his testimony... He was arrested, and he was tried, and in his sentencing, found guilty. And so instead of putting him to death, they took him out to the island of Patmos. It's it's our, Our version of that was Alcatraz. And so Patmos was a place where the criminals lived. Maybe our version of that was Australia. I don't know. A long time ago. But they took the... They took the prisoners and they took the outcasts and they took the ones they weren't quite worthy of death, but they weren't worthy of living with everybody else. And they put them on the island of Patmos. And there was no way, if you tried to swim, if you tried to swim from the island, you would die. The, the, it was, there was just way too much uh, space between Patmos and the, and the land. You would not have survived. And so it was a way for them to deal with criminals. And so here John is on the island of Patmos and he receives this incredible revelation of Jesus Christ. He preaches or he writes down of chapters 2 and chapters 3 which for me uh, they, they are my favorite chapters in all of the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3. And then in the beginning of chapter 4, uh, he hears this invitation, he hears this voice saying, come up here a little bit higher. And so John comes up a little bit higher. And God begins to show him things that pertain to the future. And in chapter 5... There's this scroll that needs to be opened. And John knows somehow that the opening of this scroll is going to lead to more of the revelation of Jesus. He didn't know everything that this scroll contained. He didn't know what this scroll was all about. But he knew somehow that it had to be opened and if it was not opened, that the things in the future would not be unlocked. And they looked for one worthy. This is why John is weeping. Because I'm wondering, okay, it's a scroll. I've seen a scroll in a museum. It's not opened. It doesn't make me cry. Why is he weeping? He's weeping because he knows this scroll represents the future. And that it has to be opened. And this passion rises up inside of him. It says the the scroll. 
Who's worthy to open it? And they looked. And they saw nobody. And I'm going to do two things this morning. One, I'm going to, I'm going to make this really big because, because this has to do with the events of the world, friends. This has to do with the events and the eternity of all of mankind. It's big. But I also want to make it small. I want to make it right where you are. Right where you are today. Because there's some people in here this morning that you need a way opened up. You need a way made for you. And there's one that we know that makes a way. Hallelujah. Some of you are connecting with that. I could feel that just go into you because you know that Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is the one that opens doors that no one can shut and shuts doors that no one can open. Jesus is the one. Hallelujah. And so John is weeping. And in his weeping, a massive angel rises up and says, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's here. And he's worthy to open the seven seals. And John looked. And who did he see? Not a lion. A lamb. Looking as though it had been slain. And we know that his name is Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now I want you to go on a bit of a journey here with me. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 49 with me right now. And we're going to go to the end of the life of Jacob. And at the end of the life of Jacob, uh, Jacob has 12 sons. The promise of Abraham uh, that that he would be, uh, as his family would be as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sand on the seashore, and, and that God would multiply a- Abraham took a long time. Um, and Abraham had two sons, but he had, well, he had more than that, but he, he had one son of promise, and that son was Isaac. And Isaac had a couple of sons, but it was Jacob. You know, it helps to multiply your descendants when you have 12 sons. Isn't that right, Caleb? Where are, where's Caleb this morning? It helps to multiply your descendants. There he is back there. Number nine. Number nine. Caleb's number nine of how many? 14. Okay. It helps to multiply your descendants when you have 14 children. Isn't that correct? <laughs> and Jacob has 12 sons and he's, he gathers them together. And in chapter 49, he is blessing his sons before he's gathered to the, to the Lord. And he comes to Judah. And Judah is the 
tribe that Jesus comes from. And in fact, the prophecy that would come thousands of years later in Revelation to John is, and it, it comes right from this passage. Jacob blessing his son, Judah. Now listen to what he says. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Now, do you think he's talking about Judah? Listen to the prophetic nature of this blessing as it pertains to Jesus. Judah, you are, who, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Oh, hallelujah. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Oh, friends, that's talking about the kingship of Jesus Christ that will last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people, binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. And I want to tell you this blessing that Jacob prepared by the Spirit of God for his son Judah was not just for his son Judah, but it was for the, the son that would come from Judah the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we give praise to the Lord. We give praise to the Lord. A lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Shiloh means heavenly peace. And Shiloh is about, it's about 40 times, I lost track, about 40 times in the Old Testament, give or take. And you know, every other time Shiloh is mentioned, it's referring to a location. Shiloh was the place in Joshua chapter 18 where they first pitched the tabernacle as, they, as Joshua was leading uh, the, the nation after Moses. And they pitched the tabernacle at Shiloh. Shiloh was the place where a man named Elkanah, whose wife, Hannah, had no children. And year by year they worshipped. And this particular year, Hannah poured out her soul to the Lord. And God heard her cry at Shiloh. It was Shiloh where Samuel, three, uh, three years later after he was weaned, was presented to the high priest Eli. And it was first at Shiloh where, Eli, where, where Samuel heard the voice of God. 
and said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is the place, Shiloh. And time and time again throughout the scriptures, it refers to Shiloh as a place. But here, in chapter 49, Shiloh is not referred to as a place. Shiloh is referred to as a person and is connected initially not to a location in Israel, but connected to a person that would one day come. Hallelujah. Heavenly peace. Shiloh. He's coming. And it was a direct reference, unknowingly, probably to Jacob. In fact, I, I, I highly think that Jacob, as he's pronouncing this blessing over Judah, he's thinking that this means one thing, but he had no idea what he was proclaiming, that, the, that, that one day, along with John, he would proclaim the lion of the tribe of Judah coming and able to open the scroll. Hallelujah. And he couples that with Shiloh. I want to tell you that over some of your lives this morning, the lion is about to roar. The lion is about to lift his voice. He's about to lift his voice. You see, people that need the way made for them, people that need the way made for them need the lion to roar. They need the lion to roar. They need God to make a way. They need the lion to make a way. Thank you, Lord. Moses needed the lion to make a way. And he took his staff, the scepter, the rod of God, temporarily loaned to Moses. And he held it up over the sea. And what happened when the lion roared? The way was made. The sea was parted. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. The way was made. Joshua knew the same thing. As he's marching to the land of, of uh, Israel, he had conquered for a few of the tribes on this side of the Jordan, but he had to get to the other side of the Jordan in flood stage. And what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And so they take the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God, and they march it out and they stand it in the and they stand it in the Jordan River. And what begins to happen? On this side of the Jordan River where the water usually flows down, instead of flowing down, it begins to heap up. And a way was made across the Jordan when the lion roared. And he began to speak. 
when the lion roars, a way is made. I heard yesterday a preacher say this. You cannot prepare for the roar of the lion. He didn't say it like that. I'm paraphrasing what he said. It came from his thoughts. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego needed a way to be made. You cannot prepare your way out of a fiery furnace heated seven times hotter so that even the guards that throw you in die. You cannot get a degree that says how to survive the furnace. There is no studying enough. If you're going to get out of the fiery furnace alive, there's only one way. The lion of the tribe of Judah has to show up. The lion of the tribe of Judah has to come into the furnace with you and roar and make a way so that even the king looks into the furnace and says, I, did not we throw three men in there? I see a fourth, and he looks like the, the very son of God. The lion of the tribe of Judah showed up. You're not going to get out of the fiery furnace on your own. I read a, I read a meme. I'm, I'm preaching memes and I'm telling you things I heard this morning. I read a meme the other day that said, God did not give us the book of Revelation so that we would build a bunker in our backyard. He gave us the book of Revelation so that we would be, so that we would be radically in love with the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah so that we would know Jesus, and so that we would make him known. Oh, hallelujah. These, these days that we are in are not given to you so that you would fear. These days that we are in, we don't, we don't preach the end times to make you afraid. We don't preach the end times because it, it's, you know, because uh, the, the, the knowledge of it makes you go, oh, no, and makes you panicky. No, you should be secure in your relationship with Jesus, with the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are standing in the spirit next to him, the one that makes a way where there is no way. Hallelujah. And this journey that we are on is an invitation to the ones around us to join us with the lion. Hallelujah. Join the procession of victory that follows the believers of Jesus Christ. Sometimes when the lion roars, it's a whisper. When he stands up in the boat, and looks over the sea and says, peace, be still. When Shiloh comes, <laughs> peace is not a feeling. Peace is a person. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Oh, my God.
Oh, my God. The lion is about to roar over some of you. The word goes on. As he took the scroll. He took the scroll. The one in whom are the wounds of the cross. The lamb looking as though it had been slain. And the one who holds the seven spirits of God. The one on whom are the seven spirits of God. You want to know what's released when the lion roars? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Lord, you're in this place this morning. God, you're speaking to people. God, you're touching people. You know, Daniel was another one who could not prepare. He couldn't prepare to get out of the lion's den. They purposefully don't feed those lions so that they're hungry. So that when you hit the bottom of that pit, the lions don't see a person. They see a meal. And there is no preparation to get out of a lion's den. And time and time again throughout the history of Israel, they found themselves in these places of impossibility. Of impossibility where there is no way out. Some of our impossibilities like that are physical. You get a diagnosis. And there might be a few things that med medical can do and help you, and, and I'm all for it. Praise God for knowledge and science and doctors that, that can unlock some things, humanly speaking. I'm, I'm not opposed to any of that. But there are limitations. And there can come time where you are boxed in. And your only answer is not one you can learn in a classroom. You need the lion of the tribe of Judah to stand up. You need the lion to roar over you. You get yourself in a situation financially, whether it's your own fault or whether it's just the fault of circumstances. Some, sometimes circumstances can overwhelm people financially. And it has nothing to do with something that you did wrong. That's just the, the box of cookies that, it, that has been dealt to you. And there it is. Sometimes it's our own fault. I've been in a few pickles that I caused. I made some bad decisions. done it on my own but in this world you will have trouble 
Sometimes you do need to learn some things, but sometimes there's nothing you can do, and you know what you need? You need the lion of the tribe of Judah to stand up. Thank you, Jesus. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I feel like this morning that the dimension of God that he wants us to get to know really well is his fierceness. His fierceness. Because Jesus is fierce. We, if, if all you know is a tame Jesus, You need to slip around the other side because Jesus is not tame. We learned that in the Chronicles of Narnia. When the children, the children ask, the children ask Mr. Beaver, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver just laughs. It says, oh, no. Oh, no, he's not safe. But he's good. And I want to tell you that the lion of the tribe of Judah is fierce. And he's fierce on your behalf. He is your defender today. Oh, I feel that for some people right now. You need a defender. You need somebody that will stand up against the enemy and say, here's a line, enemy, you cannot cross. This is why the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and are saved. Hallelujah. Because he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is done being the humiliated man on the cross. He is done being the helpless baby in a manger at the mercy of a human mother. He is done with all of those scenarios. He is the one with fire in his eyes and a two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth. And if you ever get a glimpse of Jesus... If he ever peels back the curtain for you like he has many, I've never had a, I've never had, I've had maybe some glimpses in a dream uh, at night, but I've never had a full revelation of Jesus like some that I know have. But if you ever get a full revelation, if he ever peels back the, the garment on this side and you have the privilege of seeing Jesus face to face, I guarantee you, you will not remain standing on your feet. I guarantee you, you will tremble in his presence and you will begin to shake at his vastness, at his holiness, at his power. You will begin to tremble because Jesus, Jesus, as he is, is the ruler of the world. 
He's sitting enthroned above the circle of the earth, ready to judge the living and the dead. And there is coming a day where every eye shall see him and every, every, every ear shall hear him and behold him for who he is. He's the one that will physically, before this earth is consumed, and before a new heavens and a new earth come, Jesus physically will rule this world for a thousand years. And nobody will question or judge. Those thousand years will be years of peace. There will be more than 14 days on the earth without war. Because Shiloh has come. The Prince of Peace has come. Shh. Jeff. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The King of Kings. Friends, the anointing is in this room right now. This is a big deal. The lion roaring is a big deal. I believe in the heavenlies that these seals are being broken. I don't have a, I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I have a revelation as to exactly what this means and what that means. I believe that every generation has somebody that arises that, that causes the church to get ready. Friends, they proclaimed Hitler as the Antichrist. And, and we have a Hitler-like leading Russia right now. In our generation and in our time, and certainly it's not nearly as big as World War II became. But a few strings being pulled, and it will be. And should we fear? Should we be afraid? No, but the church should get ready. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world so strong right now. And the church has got to respond and get ready. Become part of the army. This, this is no longer about just, it's not, no longer just about what I'm doing from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock every Sunday morning. But this is about my life lining up with the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And Sunday morning and the times we gather are part of it. But my life has to line up with the lion of the tribe of Judah, hallelujah. Oh my God, oh my God, praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. It's why what you're gonna to begin to see in the churches across this region, not just faith church, but not just this church, not just, uh, not just a, a church here or there, but you're gonna to begin to see fire come out of the churches, hallelujah, as God touches them and baptizes them, as Jesus begins to come and kindle a fire in this region. Oh, I believe that. I speak that out in the name of Jesus because the lion is about to roar. And he makes a way. For years now, the way that has been made for the church has been through marketing. The way that has been made through, and I'm not opposed to marketing. I believe that's a tool that God's given to us. The way that the church has 
made has been through good programming. And I believe that programs can be used by God just the same. But the time is coming, friends. The time is coming when the church is going to be known because she's on fire. The church is going to be known because her people are ablaze. Hallelujah. Her people look like him. Oh, hallelujah. You know why in Antioch they were first called Christians? Do you know why? Because they looked like Jesus. Jesus came to do good works and to destroy the work of the devil. And the Christians in Antioch had the same love, the same power, the same display, the same connection. And the world looked at them and said, look at those Christians, little Christ, little Christ, little Christ. They look like Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on. When that church arises, that burning church, burning with passion, it's why our worship I love the, what's happening in our worship. Brianna gave a prophetic word about the worship a couple of months ago, rising in this house, and it's happening. Why? Because there is a burning that's taking place in the people. They're on fire for God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, I just completely lost my track. Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. <laughs> Isn't that what we read? Lion of the tribe of Judah, the son of Jesse. That's what it said in Revelation 5. A branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord, we're talking about the seven spirits of God. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Wisdom, the Spirit of the Lord, the wisdom of the Lord, the understanding of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord, the might of the Lord, the knowledge of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord. You want to know how God makes a way? God makes a way. He gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding. He gives you counsel. He gives you might. He gives you knowledge. He gives you the fear of the Lord. When the lion roars, when the people of God are filled with the Spirit of God. And so Jesus took the scroll in John's dream. And he began to make a way. 
where there was no way. He began to make a way where there was no way. You know how to prepare for the lion pit? You know how to prepare for the fiery furnace? You know how to prepare for the Red Sea or the Jordan River? I want to tell you how to prepare. You prepare by building a rock-solid relationship with the lion. With the lion. I can't tell you what tomorrow will bring. I can't tell you the future of the United States. Maybe a brief glimpse here or there that, that the Holy Spirit will speak to me or speak to somebody else and we kind of piece it all together and we try to, you know, then we try to figure out the plan. Only God knows the plan. Only God knows what's going to happen. I can guarantee you this, that Jesus suffered and so you will suffer. Isn't that a great promise this morning? Hallelujah. I can guarantee you this morning that you're going to have difficult times and trouble. Jesus promised it. And you can face those things on your own or you can face them with a lion. And the same one that is orchestrating from his position of authority, he looks at Putin. You know what, you know what he does according to Psalm chapter 2? <laughs> he just laughs. The kings of this world, the rulers of this world, they take their stand. But the king enthroned in heaven laughs. And he's about to stand up. And when he stands up, the people of the earth be, better be ready to kiss the sun lest he be angry. He's the one in charge of it all. There's some loose things happening now because God gave authority to men and men abused that authority. But he is about to wrap this whole thing up. And for those that don't know him, it's a scary moment. But for those that know it, the lion, he's the way maker. He's the provider. Can I tell you? He's in the details. I want to close this morning sharing a story about a widow from the Bible. And she was about to take her last bit of flour and her last drops of oil, mix them together, and cook what she called a cake. Doesn't sound very good to me. 
And she was going to give a little to her son, and she was going to eat it. And then they were going to die. But God saw her and sent his right-hand man, Elijah, and he said to her, what are you doing? She said, we're going to make some cakes, we're going to eat, and then we're going to die. And the prophet said, make me a cake. Can you imagine the audacity? Going to a widow woman that her only possession is a little flour and a little oil. And Elijah says, take what you have and give it to me. Arrogant? Selfish? But the woman understood that giving a gift to the prophet is the same as giving a gift to God. And there she is, backed up at the Red Sea with a little flour and a little oil. And she takes everything she has and she gives it to the Lord. And that act of faith impresses, captures, the heart of a lion. And the lion stands up. And over this widow woman, he roars. And the flower bin and the oil jar heard the roar of the lion. And the way was made. The oil did not dry up. The flour did not run out, and she kept eating, 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 because God made a way. God made a way. There's some things in my life that I'm praying about right now that I'm saying, God, I'm not smart enough to make this way. I'm not clever enough. Those that think they're smart enough and, and clever enough can, stay, can stand in their own pride. But I'm coming to the Lord this morning, and I'm saying, Jesus, I need the lion to roar over me. I need the lion to roar over me. When he took the scroll, And he, in Revelation 5, the four living creatures, as the worship team comes back up this morning, 
And the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you are slain, you were slain, and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked in the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. And I heard them saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever and ever and ever. And the 24 living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped Him who lives forever and ever. Hallelujah. And why did they worship? Because He made a way. Hallelujah. And the lion roars over your situation. And you know, you might not know what it is, but when He speaks into your heart, you know the way is going to be made. You know because He spoke it to you. You know because you felt His presence. And you know He's going to get you through to the other side. You don't know how. You don't know when. You don't know where. You don't know the details. But you know the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You know He's walking with you through every situation in every circumstance. Hallelujah. I want every person that, that is believing God right now for the way to be made in an area of your life, whatever it might be right now, to get up out of your seat, to come down to the front and say, God, a, a lion of, of the tribe of Judah, I am putting my trust in you this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You're the way maker. Oh God, you're the way maker. You're the way maker. You're the one that speaks. You're the one. Oh God, that, 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 uh, that, that opens doors. You're the one, oh God, that does it. Hallelujah. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God.